episode 84 of Book Off Banter. Um, I'm going to start by saying I hope that my audio isn't bad, but I've had to, so my um, parents-in-law are away and I've just snuck into their house because Henry isn't asleep yet. And I said to Ben, like, oh, can you sort this out? Can you, because I'm podcasting and Henry's little ears pricked up and immediately said, you're podcasting. Can I podcast? And I said... He was supposed to be the extra member on the podcast, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And I said, no, you can't. And he was like, why? Why can't I podcast? And I said, look, just not tonight. You definitely can another time, but not tonight. And he said, well, can I listen to it? And I said, absolutely not. And he said, why? (laughs) And I said, because it's for grown-ups and it's about horses and you'd find it boring. And he said... Well, so if it's just about horses and I would find it boring, why can't I listen to it? And I said, because it's for grown-ups. And he said, is there inappropriate language on it? Yes. I, oh, I, said, I said, yes, it sometimes. Comes from your mother <laughs> I said, sometimes, Henry, there is. And he said, oh, does Carla say the F word? <laughs> Wait a minute for it and I said no she would never say the f word Katie, she drops the c-bomb all the time but the f word so I was like fuck oh, I can't then record next door when like yeah 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 I love when you went to me straight away yeah see that's how whiter than white he thinks his mother is yeah well yeah I'll tell him <laughs> Next time he's on, yeah. I'll So, do you want to do your news first or my news first? Okay, yeah, we've got we've got news, we've got news, we've got two lots of news. Um, uh, we've got not horsey and horsey news, which is always useful. Okay. So the not horsey news is I am now a trained fire performer. Um, I can eat fire and I can breathe fire and I can do fire play, um, which I don't think anybody was expecting. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that, at this point, do we know what to expect? It was, well, yeah, it was a bit of a curveball for everybody that knows me, yeah, including my husband, because I had actually forgotten to tell him I was going to do it. Um, and then he would, and he's like, what, what, what's going on at the weekend? What we're up to at the weekend? I was like, oh, shit, I've got to tell you. I'm going to go and learn and fire up to fiery. And I think, had it been any other person, he would have gone, what? And he just went, oh, right, why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course he got to fiery. <laughs> So I went to London on Saturday. I went to the fire school in London, um, which is probably one of the most well-known ones in the industry. I didn't know there was an industry. And I learned fire play, which is where you run fire over your body. Uh, I taste the fire. I eat the fire. And I breathe the fire. And it is, I'm obsessed with it. I, I, I did it. Quite a funny story about why I ended up doing it. But. I did it thinking I'll just do it as this one off. And I I've had two offers of being able to perform now just from the video I've put on Instagram. And I've decided that I'm gonna actually there's a, a further course you can do. There's more you can do with fire, who knew? And there's a further course that you can do. And I'm gonna go back and do that, but I want to practice what I've 
learned already a little bit more and get a bit more polished with that. But yeah, so the story of it is uh, I was working, gosh, it was a couple of years ago now. In fact, it might have been before COVID. And I was working with one of my colleagues, Dale, and um, we had the most bizarre day. We were just getting like the weirdest patients through. Yeah. Like, and that sometimes happens, you know, we work in A&E, we get people coming in with things shoved up their asses and stuff like that. But we were just having one of those days where patient after patient, like their history, the clinical history was bizarre. And we got this bloke that came in and he had been eating fire. He was a fire eater and he'd inhaled and damaged himself, basically. It hurt the, his lungs and um, we were having to do x-rays and tests on him and stuff. And I was relaying the story. I was just in the department like two years later and I'm relaying the story and we're laughing about some of the weird things we've seen. And I relayed the story about this fire eater. And then we got into the conversation. How how do you learn to fire eat? Do you just decide one day you're going to like eat the fire? How you know? And I thought the same as everyone else did. I thought that eating fire was some sort of illusion that you didn't really eat it, that you put something in your mouth, perhaps a gel, um, which and it was that that put out the fire. So we Googled, as you do, and found this fire school. And then there was a course at the beginning of July and there was one place left on it. Before I knew it, I was booked. I was going. So was really- I love that someone comes into A&E and for <laughs> you, that is basically like an advert of like, yeah, fuck it. That looks dangerous. I could really exactly. hurt myself. Exactly. As if Everyone like was- team chasing Vince isn't enough. You're like, let's fucking soup this up. Next, you'll be fire eating while swiveling around a pool, team chasing Vince. With wearing a couple of nipple tassels. It's all going off. It's all going off. Absolutely, that's what it was. And it was just just this bizarre turn of events. Um, we ended up doing it. And, yeah, so I went on the Saturday. It was actually quite amusing because the woman's very proud of her safety record. And she was saying in... 12 years of training she's only ever had one person that's ever needed medical um assistance afterwards that something's gone wrong they need and uh, when i said this they're all gonna it's just all my friends are sort of saying like you know i don't know how i feel about you going fiery in color i mean you, you haven't got you couldn't even stand up in wembley without breaking your own legs you know this i can't see this ending very well um, Mind, I, I was putting a set of overreach boots on Pan when we were at the show. In my effort to save Pan's heels, as I knelt down, I've never fucking done anything like it before. Knelt down and headbutted the stirrup, and I've got like That's- a black, like mark, well bruise on my on my forehead. Well, this is when I won the um, spark. Um, heels down award for equestrian writing obviously they are in america and i had to do an interview with them and that very day i punched myself in the face <laughs> doing up a go- doing the- <laughs> i gave myself to a black eye. i think it was one quite bad black eye and then it was just a little bit bruising the other so i had to basically get this award luckily it was over zoom um, with black eyes because I couldn't even do it my own girth. So I can imagine my friends being a little bit anxious at me going, I'm going to breathe fire. And um, and so I relayed the same. And look, I said, look, in 12 years of training, she's only ever had one sort of casualty. And they were all like, looked, and I could see this collection. So was that the person that you treated? No, no, this okay. is some rogue guy. We don't know who he was. He's long gone and forgotten. But I could see their collective thought bubble of all my friends thinking, yeah, but she's never trained you before, you know. 
And I went and I was like really excited about this course and it, it, I was really looking forward to doing it. And the, the morning was a little bit of a disaster. There was traffic, blah, 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 blah. And I get there. I may have broken speed limits. We don't talk about that. It's just a guide. When you're running late, 70 miles per hour on the motorway is a guide, okay? <laughs> and uh, I got there. And as we started doing this stuff, she was demonstrating the stuff we were going to do. And I just suddenly got this overwhelming fear. I was like, I am so out of my depth. What was I thinking with this? But I did it. I did it all. And I I absolutely love it. And um, yeah, so I... So what's the crack? My... Do you like just practice at so, home? Yeah, I can practice at home. I'm now, because I'm trained. And do you know what the best of it is? The course I've done is means I'm, I'm equity trained. So um, you join like a group afterwards. She, she has like a private group. And so if there's like a, a brand or a TV program and they're looking for somebody who would be able to do some fire stunts for them on anything, um, you can put your name forward and then she and then she'll take it from this group. So they, they approach her, these companies approach her and then she puts it out to people. And I think people that have um, trained with her have done modelling stuff with Balenciaga and they've worked on TV shows and they've done people's weddings. Oh, this and, is and her things. saying, this is the start of it. She's going to drop us all, isn't she? I'm off. Only fans, gone. Only fire. That's the future, baby. Only fire. So, yeah, and and, and I, I obviously I have a, I, these videos. I've got lots of videos of me doing. I put one nice one together for Instagram. I've got loads and loads of videos from the day. And I was showing them to one of my work colleagues on the Sunday and he would not have it that it wasn't an illusion. He's going, no, you didn't do that. What's the illusion? Is is it like a magic trick? I said, no, I'm really doing it. And he's like, no, no, there's no way. There's no way you can do that. He said, I know. He said, I've seen these people do it up close and it's an illusion. And I'm like, I promise you, it's not an illusion. It's not a magic trick. I said, I can show you it now if I had my fire stick. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, you're gonna be carrying this bloody fire stick with you. I'm obsessed with this fire stick. I've ordered two more. Because, oh my god. Vince is gonna be well, a nervous wreck. The thing was, on the Sunday, Oscar was titting about with my fire stick <laughs> and uh he bent it slightly. Um and the thing with the fiery is you've got to be really accurate. The whole point of the fiery is is it's about accuracy, it's about where you place it. And Obviously, when you've got to like bend in your stick, you can't be accurate. So I was like, oh, I won't be able to fire it for a while. But um, luckily, we were able to strain it out. It's all strained out again. But yeah, but I've ordered two more fire sticks. Um, and I'm going to like, the thing is, I wanted to have a practice last night, but my um, Sam was home late last night and I got back from pole. I was like, oh, I'm going to have a, I'm going to do some fire play. And um, I haven't got much safety equipment. I mean, the, you can get away with just a wet towel. <laughs> like, you know, if you go up in flames, like someone just put a wet towel on you. And the only person that was here was Oscar. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So I said to him, you know, he's only 13. So I was like, how do you feel about like just standing by? And if anything goes up in flames, it shouldn't. And when I say anything, I mean me throwing a wet towel over it. He was like, it's kind of a little bit too much pressure for me, mum. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. So um, I didn't I didn't do any fire play last night, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have a break for play at the weekend. I think you know when like parents say things like <laughs> things I never thought I'd hear myself say. Do your children do that? Like he'll go into school the next day and be like, 
So last night, my mum asked how I felt about throwing a wet towel on her should she ignite herself. And I had to say to her, like, I'd rather... Honestly, they... Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I was just like, no, actually, yeah, it's a bit much of an ask for a 13-year-old. The funniest bit of it all is that, obviously, because I'm uh, a parent, I am the most embarrassing person in the world to my children most of the time. And uh, on the Sunday night, Isaac had been at work and he'd come in and he just walked straight in, pointed at me and went, that far eating is fucking cool, mum. <laughs> and, and I was like, it was the most chuffed I've ever been in my life. I was like, oh my God, my son thinks I'm cool. <laughs> and then, um, you know, when you can see like someone shared and so he'd, he'd shared the reel to his story and he put, my mum's cooler than your mum. And I was like, oh, what? It's just a fire eating. Oh, God. God. It's only going to encourage you. I don't know what I'm going to do in August. Answers are, if people have got suggestions for something they would want to see me to do, just shout. I'll give it a go. I'll, well, I'll give most things a go. I'll give most things a go. But yeah, I'll have, I'll have a go at something else probably. I just got this thing at the minute where I think, and a lot of horse people this happens with, your life gets so absorbed with horses. Yeah. They become everything. And you can sometimes, and I just sort of had this moment where I looked back and I'm no really further forward in my event career than I was, say, 10 years ago. And it's all it's been. That's all my life's riding career that hasn't really, you know, it's fair enough if you've got to badminton on badminton grassroots or, you know, you've done what you wanted to achieve with your horses. Looking back over 10 years ago, wow, yeah, I've achieved loads. That's great. But to look back over 10 years with horses and go, do you know what? I'm in the same place I was 10 years ago. It's a little bit galling. So I just think it's quite healthy for me. It takes the pressure off me. Yeah. Back to my mindset when I go competing because it stops being my everything. Yeah. I, still, I, I, I totally see my, that. Yeah. I still give it my all. I'm still training hard. I'm still working my horses hard. I'm still trying to be the best rider I can be. But I just think it's a lot healthier for me. I go with a much better mindset to competitions and training sessions. And we'll talk about that in a minute. When you're um, not like, I sacrifice absolutely every single thing to do this. And now I've got a little bit of extra things in my life. You know, I go to the gym, I go to pole, I'm fire eating. I mean, I'm, I mean, you don't have to go to those extremes. I mean, the couch to 5K is a good place to start. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't have to go to those extremes, but yeah. Uh, so that was the weekend and then I had a major humbling I was humbled like nothing else on this earth by Jazzy last week so he we always say you always say don't you that progress is never linear yeah but Jazzy's progress has been fairly linear and I've always actually been quite proud of myself the fact that I've read him quite well so I've done a bit with him. And then when I recognised that he needed a break and a step back, I, I saw that and he came out stronger as a result. I was like, yes, I've done this right. For the first time ever, I've done this right. And then he's jumping and he's been jumping magnificently. He's been jumping brilliantly. And actually, I, was, was, I started thinking, oh, maybe I should get him on a cross-country course. But the way he jumps and the way he is, there's been this little voice at the back of my head saying... He's a show jumper. He's a show jumper. Absolutely. He, this is what this voice has said to me. Yeah. This voice is saying to me, the way his attitude, the way the way he is, he's a show jumper. Go buy all the fluff. You're never going to trot again. Going to have to get one of them really short, tight jackets. Your ass is going to freeze. But girl, you know, this is how it is. Yeah. And I, 
I, I was kind of coming around to, I was kind of accepting it. And obviously I'm, I have a trainer who is a pure show jumper. He used to event, be an event trainer. He trains a lot of eventers for show jumping, but he is predominantly a show jumping trainer. And I went for a lesson. I, I have lessons with him regularly. And I'd had this kind of epiphany that Jazzy was now going to be a jumper. So he's like, oh, how's Jazzy been doing? I said, like, do you know, he's been going brilliantly. And I'm reeling off all this brilliant stuff he'd been doing. And he's like, oh, this is fantastic. And I said, I think, I think this is going to please you. I think he's a jumper. I think I don't think I'm going to bother, even bother cross-country schooling him. I think I'm just going to concentrate on show jumping. This is great and wonderful. And Jazzy thought, fuck you. And I was humbled so much. It was 30 minutes of pure embarrassment what followed. So he basically, um, Barrett's got these two miniature horses they're not ponies, they're miniature horses. They're beautiful, beautiful. But Jazzy's convinced they're trying to murder him, even when they're like two fields away. And they're all he looks at. You can't get any sense out of him. He is he's absolutely ridiculous. If he's, So the horses were there, the miniature horse was there. And it was just, it felt like I was riding a 20-hand rhino. It yeah. was horrific. So we couldn't get anything. So I said, this, you know, he's obviously being very distracted by the horses. And Barrett said, don't worry, we'll keep them nice and small so that, you know, he doesn't have to worry about the height of the fences and then we'll put them up once once he's realised that he's jumping. So these fences must have been about 50 centimetres and I swear to God, he knocked down more than he left up. It was so... <laughs> this was big going off. I think I've got a jumper of a horse. Classic, <laughs> Barrett's running around picking poles up like for nobody's business. And I was just like, this is so embarrassing. And I said that he's he's not a stopper. He never stops. He tried to run out. He went to run. Well, to be fair, he went to run out of a fence and then thought better of it and actually swerved himself back in and jumped it. <laughs> Sorry about that. that. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. But I was just, yeah, it's just like, I'm going to be really naughty. No, I'm not. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's not in my nature. And I was just like, what is going on? And at the end of this lesson, I'm bright red. I am, my bum hole is sweating. I have had the most horrific time. And I was like, that'll teach me to say I've got a jumper. And Barrett just laughed. He just laughed. He said, there is nothing like a horse for humbling you. And I was like, don't I just know it? So anyway, he, I was hoping, I had actually um, intended to take him to a show on the Sunday. Um, and then I thought, no, he needs a little bit more um, work, a little bit more schooling. A little bit more practice, should we say, away from the show environment. And um, so that's why I ended up working. I actually withdrew him from the show. I thought, oh, I'll pick up a shift instead. Um, so I ended up working on the Sunday. So he's having um, another lesson this week. And then the, that weekend, next weekend, 15th it is, we've got this brilliant concept around here, which has just been brought out locally um, by um, Mia Palos clark And it's... Uh, you you go there's a proper it's a course that's set by a proper bs course builder and you go warm up like you're at a competition so it's all very it's almost like a competition experience you go warm up you go in and you jump around and then you get feedback on the round you get told how to make the round better you get told you know what what to do what not to do yada 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 so you get your instruction and then you get to jump the round again and i just think yeah, and I just think for Jazzy, that is just going to be perfect. Yeah. So yeah, that's the next thing he's got. And Vince is, I'm working a night shift on Saturday, but I think I'm going to take him jumping on Sunday. Um, and I'll just, I'll just, well, I say I'm going to trundle him around a large, a little course. Given the way he is at the minute, so I'll be flying around 
like a blink and your missus yeah. will go that fast. Uh, if there'd be a jump off, we'll probably win. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the plans and that's what the horses have been up to. And I'm absolutely desperate to rattle through mine because I want to find out how Bougie got on at his show. Okay, I so can't wait for this. This I show is very up and down. I've actually got, I sent you the pictures, didn't I, of Carla, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gutted, like I can't share them, obviously, because they've got, um, is it Watermark? Yeah, they're... they're- um, so I can't share them, and they're not worth me buying. Um, but there's a few photos of Carla on Bougie and of me on Manny that our faces literally look like death is imminent. Um, could not, you could not say it more effectively with the face. But um, so this show was huge up and down show. Okay, so um, so I'll start with Bougie. Because that's all everyone's really interested in. Bougie and Featherington. Bougie was actually quite good. You're going to be disappointed. <gasps> Has yeah. he transferred his deadness to Jazzy? Is that what he's done? I mean, there was moments. So the first day he went and like there was no class from the first day. And so I was all geared up for like, you know, a rodeo. And he warmed up like a pro. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um, and then he went into the clear round the next day and jumped really good. Third day was good in the clear round. Fourth day, you know, I was kind of getting a bit bored by this point. And he yeah, went in the like, warm up and he was like, I might bronc. So he did that, you know, like where his back, their back arches and they start to like do a bit of a leap. And he started to do that and Oh, actually, one of the, I think it was the second day, he did think about having a buck and a rear. And we were all creasing um, by the side of the wall, warm up because Carla, we heard Carla say to him, that was very bad. <laughs> Bushy was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And hastily like rethought his life choices. Um, so, yeah, the fourth day, he did, he, he was given some serious thought to having a bit of a, Bronk and Carla very kindly said, I think it might be the girth he doesn't like. And I was like, I think he's just a. But um, oh, I've said that C word again. <laughs> You're going to have to edit that out. I will. They even um, bleep it out. My therapist ghosted me. So. Yeah. And they talk about everything on there. So we can't do it. So, um, yeah, he he had a bit of a moment. And then, so that was his first British novice, which is obviously a bit stronger than the clear round. And he. At moments, he looked a bit like, what in the name of Christ yeah, I should shocked, put me yeah. in? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a few, like, moments where he just was, you know, a bit a bit exuberant, shall we say. Um, yeah. But all in all, very good. Like, I don't know what she's done to him, but it's like he's just grown up. It's like, you know, he stopped yeah. just dicking about all the time. Because before you felt like anything that happened, he was like, brilliant, that's an excuse I can just be a bastard and now he just kind of has has lost that and he will he, at moments he is gonna leap and because he's he's just that sort but like yeah. yeah he's I mean he's come home now so he's obviously you know I'm sure normal service will resume um yeah. so that's bouge so mint went because it was easier oh. to take him than get him looked after he's obviously never even jumped at home yet so he just went and I thought I'll ride him um first day I rode him um, never, he's never, he's done nothing. Like he has really done nothing, seen nothing. Um, 
and I was tacking him up and like we go um loads of us go together to the show like because all the people that call are trains kind of thing I'm tacking him into and then like you know and someone's like oh are you riding him oh I'll come and watch oh I'll come and you're only like motherfucker this is all I need like a fucking group of 10 people to watch me get leveled. So I was like, super. Anyway, he was immaculately behaved. So good. And they were all like, oh my God, he's amazing. Like We love him. And you're like, oh, this is fantastic. Well, next day, I took him in. So that was, he was just in with one of the hosts because we went in after the show. Next day, I took him in. At a quiet time, but still a quiet time. It was a busy show. It was the Young Horse Championship. So it was busy. And he got jammed against the rail. And in fairness, the guy who did it, it was, he did nothing wrong. You know, Mint didn't have red ribbons on. There was, you know, it was totally fine. Anyway, Mint lost his fucking shit completely and was just terrified. And after that, any time a horse came, like, any vicinity of him he was just like fuck this and would just try and spin and like gallop off out the arena so that was a bit disappointing so then I'll I'll when I talk about Manny I'll explain it all but anyway I was like well this is just the shittest day ever this is just the shittest day ever I've ruined my young horse um so then next day I was like try again and we went in when it was really quiet and there was just um a girl riding her young horse and so it was quite quiet and he sort of um he seemed to like be settling down getting used to it and then someone came in and I didn't have time to get out on this horse it couldn't have had more fucking red ribbons on it if it tried and it was like snorting and leaping like some sort of black dragon mm. and I saw it and honestly I bet if you'd taken a photo of me I was like <laughs> Mint just saw this horse coming at him and just was like, not for me, and just spun around, fucked off. And I was like, oh, like all the work. I've just, yeah. So anyway, I settled him down. The girl said sorry and left the arena quite hastily. Um, I settled him down, got him going halfway decent again, took him in and I said to Carla, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. And she was like, tomorrow you need to put like a load of stuff on him, put soundproof ears on him, put blinkers on him, yeah. put a set of drawings on him and just, you're going to have to just keep him in there and just let him know he's he's all right. Like don't let him get hemmed in, but he's got to get used to other horses. So I went in really early and I timed it badly and there wasn't another horse in sight. So Mint was like, this oh, is lovely. He's <laughs> a happy day. He finished on a good note, and I'm going to just work on it at home. I'm going to get yes. people... So much, so much time with him. Exactly. One bad show, one bad experience of his show isn't going to ruin everything, you know, and he's, he... Mint always strikes me because he's the sensible one. He's the level-headed yeah. one. You know, he... I can't see that he's going to hold it against you for the rest of his life. But the next time you take him out, be a completely different... He'll be more confident in himself. He'll be, also have a job because you'll probably take him when he's jumping yeah. and that's always going to happen isn't it because there's nothing worse when you can't when they lose their mind and you've got nothing to use to get their minds back yeah because you're just literally trotting around waiting for death mm-hmm. um whereas at least you know you can jump a jump 
and speed up death a lot quicker, can't you? So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> and he was you know. so genuine. He would literally come back to me and be like, working lovely. Yeah. And then he would catch sight of a horse, even in the next door warm up, and he would yeah. lose his mind. But then straight away he was like, I'm back with you. But if, yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was so genuine. So like, it was disappointing, but anyway. Um, and then I'll I'll do pan, and then in case I cry. Um, so pan was jumped good first day, double clearing the newcomers. Then next day jumped a good round in the box, and then the next day fucking forgot it was a show jumper and had four down. Fucking battered its way around a fox. Um, because Carla said I was over, I absolutely was overholding, to be fair. I was like, steady, steady, and walk and ask you to jump a 120 oxer. Pan was like, give us a chance, love. So, anyway, yeah. when Carla was like, you're overholding, I was like, okay, well, we'll gallop. So, Pan thought this was amazing, but you know, yeah. proceeded to have a fucking cricket score. So, I was super hacked off about that. But he finished on the last day jumping one of the best rounds he's ever jumped where I felt like we finally got the balance of like yeah. not galloping and not walking, which, you know, is ideal. Um, Perfect. So actually, I hadn't, I'd, I'd forgotten this, but I might as well confess my sins. Um, everyone else pulled out. There was, there, was, there was quite a lot of people in the Fox, but not in the 120 section, in the open section. Um, so I ended up being the only person in the open section. Which was, they said to me, you know, do you still want to jump? And I was like, I'm not competitive at the best of times. So, like, it makes no fucking difference to me. I wouldn't have got placed regardless. So, do you know what I mean? So, anyway, I was really proud of the round. He literally, he breathed on the back bar of an oxer in the jump off because I didn't hold him, I didn't get him back quick enough in it um, in the distance. So, I felt really proud of the round. <laughs> I'm justifying my behaviour. Anyway, when we went to set law bills again. Yes, you do not need to justify yourself to me. I'm an inventor. I honestly, I would take any rosette if they gave rosettes for like the shittest plaits. I would take it. <laughs> I would have it. So, like, literally, please take the rosette. You want that? So, you've got a first rosette for one meter twenty. Who else can say that? But you know. High five to the lovely women in the office at Western Lawns because I said, so, <laughs> oh my God. So they said, have you got any feedback? You know, is there anything that we could improve upon? You know, and I said, um, I just have one question. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. I said, if I was the only person in a fox, but um, he did jump a good round, do I still get the first rosette? And she was like, absolutely. And she went and got me and Carla was like, Katie, I can't believe you've just asked that. And the woman was like, she earned this first rosette. And she like high five me. And I was like, yes. I love her. Love the woman. Love her. Love her. She's the best. Love but it. Ben and Carla were really embarrassed. But I was like, listen, I'm not proud. This might be the only chance I ever get. I'm, I'm not embarrassed for you. I'm not embarrassed for you. I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Good for you. <laughs> Take that right there. Yes. <laughs> um, like, literally, I've even considered making my own rosettes and taking them with me in a bucket. And then I, oh, didn't, didn't piss my pants. I'll have yeah. a rosette. Absolutely. You know, 
I will, I will give myself a rosette for the most inane things. In fact, I think if I went through life just day to day, I should get rosettes for some of the stuff I do. So jump in a 120. You take that first rosette. You won. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I won. The the, you, nobody can argue. The rest of them pulled out because they knew Frightened. they were up against you. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> they, they saw me knock, knock all those fences the day before and they were like, she's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they did? They saw you do that. And they thought she's um, she's lulling us into a full sense of security. Yeah, she's thinking that she's she's not a threat. She's no competent. She's trying to make us. She's getting in our heads. You were getting in their heads, and they were yeah. like, "We know what she's going to do. She's going to bring out that banging round, which she did. So they're going to bring out that. She's going to bring out that bang. So we better withdraw. Yeah. So basically, I mean, Carla said be- to the woman, "You don't know what you've done here." You you don't know. <laughs> Create a monster. So I sent Carla the video of the round because I thought she'll want to watch that, you know, a lot of times. And I said, Carla, I'm just going to save you now. You are going to want to clap for this round because it's very, very good. And she was like, brilliant. So I rang her the next day. I was like, have you watched the round yet? And she was like, fuck me. Like, no, you know, she, Carla had been riding eight horses at the show. So she's got two children. <laughs> Not enough. That's not not a big enough excuse. She needs to just get off the horse, all eight horses. She needs to watch your video. She needs to appreciate that was a winning round. Yeah. Not just any round. It was a winning round. I feel like she's let me down, to be honest. I mean, I'm I'm gonna ring her daily, you know, until she concedes that she just should clap and say she's watched it, whether she has or she hasn't. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm surprised she was honest with you, to be honest. I'm sure she will. I'm I'm so- <laughs> she just say, "Yep, I watched it. Lovely round, you would have been beautiful, <laughs> and you would have been none the wiser." There's a top tip for Carla. Carla, next time, just lie, darling. Yeah. She doesn't know. She's got a red rosette. She doesn't give a fuck. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna start wearing it, just you know, as an accessory, like as a hairband or something. Um, so that that was the good news. The bad news of the show was um Manny jumped double clear on the first day in the newcomers um but I felt that he was really really tired um so we thought the journey had taken it out of him we gave him um we bought him like a recovery gel and you know all this stuff from the show like why not waste more money um and then got on him the next day and he just maybe didn't Give me the best feeling and trot. But I've talked about this on the podcast before. I am so ridiculous with Manny. I'm always like, is he sound? Is he sound? So I was like, oh, come on, Katie, you're just being wet. And then I asked him to canter and he felt absolutely fine. Jumped in the warm up fine. I brought him back to trot and trotted him up and down. I was like, no, he's definitely sound. Took him in the ring. And he jumped. I think he maybe had one or maybe two down. But he, he's adding in the distances. He added in the distances the day before. And I'm not talking about, like, putting seven strides and a six stride. I'm talking about putting, like, three strides at a two-stride distance. And he's a 17-hand horse. Um, and that was with me riding him as hard, you know, through the distance as I could. Like, And I don't know, just... If you, if you look at, as I have, like, looked at all the photos, all the videos, his ears are forward the whole time. Um, but there's just some, I don't know what it was. I just, I felt like he was struggling and he just wasn't, I don't know. I can't even tell, I couldn't tell you what it is. No. Um, and I came out the ring 
on the so that was the second day and Carla said to me he's limited and I said no he's done mm. and she was like yeah and so then I, I obviously started to cry and took him back to the stable and everyone just left me alone which was really nice and I had a cry um and then I talked it through with her later and she said like he would never say no he would never stop for you he would go yeah. on and on but you'd break his heart yeah and I just said to her like I've always said I owe him everything yeah and he owes me nothing and yeah um it's just there's something that's telling me that's enough. And um, she said he's really enjoying jumping on the grass. Like at the county, he jumped his socks off. She's like, but on surfaces, he's he's not happy. Um, And then like for a minute. A lot of the time with horses that are feeling themselves, if they've got a niggle or whatever, it's usually the other way around. So it wasn't with Minnie. Minnie was crippled with navicular, um, although she wasn't that lame. Um, she, like, she should have been for the damage that was done. Um, and she was 100% sound if you trotted her on a hard surface. But she How was she was lame. Um, ben said he sees it quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. He said that they think that the new theory is that the movement in the surface is like that jars the joints. Right. Um, So, yeah, I just, I said like, then I kind of did this like, well, maybe I keep him for this summer and I do the county shows on him because he loves the big county rings and if he's happy jumping. And then I just thought to myself, like, what am I doing? If he's not sound on a surface... He's not sound to jump. Like the awful thing to say is, and I, and I love to hear you saying that because my biggest bugbear is when they say they're not sound on. Yeah, they're not sound on the grass, but they're sound on the surface. No, if they're not sound on grass, they're not sound. Yeah, you know, there's something there. You can't just change the surface because it's not that it's. Like you say, it's not so much that um, a lot of the time, particularly if they're laying on grass and then there's sound on the surfaces, it's not the fact that they're sound on the surface. It's just that the surface hides the lameness a little bit. And and that's what it boils down to. So sorry, I've jumped in there, but it is almost a relief to hear you say, because I do understand what you're saying. Because when you said then, oh, he doesn't like jumping on the grass, I thought, well, why, why, why don't you do maybe some little low-level hunter trials with him or something like that, something a little bit different, you know? I mean that so the- like that crossed my mind. It's like, yeah, um, you know, because he loves that. I think, like, I don't know. I think it probably just doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't think we will. But like, maybe mm. I don't know. Maybe we would have taken him cross country school and somewhere literally yeah. just for him because he loves it so much. Um, yeah. But for me, like as a competition horse, yeah. he is absolutely. He has done. He has worked his whole life for everyone that's had him. He has given them his all. And mm-hmm. do you know as well, it's really weird. And I think there's no like rational way to explain why I think things like this. But 
I don't think he's sad to retire. Whereas I think no. if you retired him five years ago, yeah. I think he would have been. I yeah. think he's no. ready. Yeah, I always think I I think they tell you, and I think if you listen, you can always hear it. You know, like I know Vince hasn't gone out and done a lot yet, but he is not ready to retire. I mean, yeah. he's only sixteen, but he's you know he is a hundred percent not ready to retire. He's going to carry on doing stuff. He's going to carry on fun. He'll probably go back to events. He'll go back. He's just, he's, he's, we've just having a couple of quiet years for various reasons. But I do believe they do know. Like Chance, when Chance was 16, he's my old boy now that's 29. And uh, he went, he had like a little period of lameness and then we got him sound again. And then I, w- I took him to a show and a little bit like you, I just suddenly thought, he's just, it's, he's ready. It, it, yeah. it doesn't, he, he doesn't need to do this anymore. I mean, I'll, it put, is a- I'll put some pictures on because we're going to buy them, um, which we never do, but we are going to buy them. Um, he is jumping top of the wings. So he's in a 110 class and he's probably jumping 150. And <laughs> um, I said to Ben, I look at that picture, Ben, and I could cry. Like his technique's perfect. And Ben said, yeah, but a picture is a snapshot. And he is jumping yeah. 150 because he has put himself into the bottom of the fence. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's getting like under the fences. And Ben said it's almost like he kind of hesitates before he takes off and like almost second guesses, but he would never stop because it's just not in his nature to do that to you. So that's good because he's 16. I haven't cried. Um, So that's good. But um, yeah, that's my name. Retired horse to enjoy for lots of years still, still gonna be around. Yeah, yeah. Don't get to take him to shows, but you've got mint and bougie coming up. You've got exciting times there. You've still got pan. I know. I think it was. You know what did it? It was little things like I took a photo of them with their heads over the door because I was like, he's never gonna come to a show with us again. And it's things like that that like. I put his tail bandage on and I was like, will I put a tail bandage on you again? It's things like that where, like, it was... Well, I'm sure you'll find other things to do with him. I think, you know, and also you've got to remember as well, even at 16, I know it sounds like, uh, even at 16, time is a great healer and stuff. You know, not necessarily show jumping again, because show jumping, particularly the big classes, like what you do, put huge stresses on their body. But there's going to be other stuff that you're going to be able to do and enjoy with him. You could also bear in mind, you've got a great remedial shoer, Farrier. I'm sure Ben will be able to do something if need be with it. Already with- got that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm yeah. I, we've done. Like he's already pads, filler. Like yeah. And I think that's partly why as well. I feel like look, we've done as much as I'm happy to do. I'm not, you know, there's certain things I will not do to keep a horse jumping, and. For me, like, you know, we've we've given you what you needed. If you're not happy and like comfortable doing the job, you're done. Um, but you know, he he'll love it. Like, he will absolutely love it. He'll be fine. I'll be fine. It was a little bit unexpected. It was a little bit of a curve, but but you yeah. know, but saying that you was it like the show before you've been going? Oh, we're going to retire, and then he jumped absolutely beautifully. Like, oh no, he's not ready. But I think with hindsight now looking back, the the idea you, ideas like that don't just come into your head from nowhere. No. So 
something had put that he's ready to the obsessively the obsessive like front limb thing for me like look he is sound Yvette's looked at him he's sound Carla watches him Ben looks at him he's sound but to me he doesn't feel happy and yeah that might be he might be bilaterally lame like so he might like I don't but as a rider I know there is something going on and that's horse you know the horse inside out yeah and that's like the same thing for me with Vince like we joked about me second guessing myself and running into the vets because you yeah. know he owes me nothing but the reason I do that is because I know he's still happy to go out competing he yeah. wants to go out and compete you the tantrums that horse throws when the lorry gets loaded up and then he doesn't get to go on it yeah you know he still wants to still wants to do stuff but like you, I hope I can do the same for him, like what you've done. I hope that I can read it so it reaches the stage where I don't break his heart. You know, I've made decisions now for that very reason with respect to him. Like, I won't team chase him around in big intermediate again. Because you don't want to break the heart. And I hope that when it comes to drawing a line and competing him, I can do what you've done for your horse and read it at the right time, which is what you've done. You should, yeah. be, you should be really proud of yourself for two reasons from that show. You won a one twenty. <laughs> you won a five, and you did the right thing for your horse. And both of those are magnificent achievements that should <laughs> never be underestimated. So you should be. In- so you saying there's good and there's bad. You know, there's not good and there's bad. You have bet. You behaved brilliantly throughout it all. You've achieved some yeah. stuff that people can only dream of achieving. Doing the right thing for your horse. People could. Uh, some people should take a leaf out of your book there. And like we've always said with putting them down, we'd rather do it a week too soon yeah. than a day too late. And it's kind of just exactly the same gig, isn't it? You know, It's exactly the same thing. I mean, oh, and he's going to have a lovely retirement. Oh, he is, because he'll be kept exactly the same. Like, then, you know, he yeah. won't just get to, he's literally, his life, the only difference will be he doesn't get, well I probably won't really ride him very much but um yeah that's literally it well that's fine then he's gonna have a wonderful time he is costing you a fortune oh he galloped off he galloped off across the field today bronking and I was like fucking don't push your luck mate like or you'll be back in that lorry (laughs) yeah all right so shall we get on to our topic of the week let's do it um this was inspired by i saw a post i'm not going to name them from a professional uh well-known rider who was lamenting is that the right word lamenting I think not so. being able to get, yeah not being able to get good staff and basically saying where is the good staff why can't i get good staff no 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 and lots of people replied um to the post and most people were like, oh, I, I don't understand it. We did this, this and this. And then we we got up before the sun and mucked out 30 horses and then cycled home. And, you know, mm. there was all these old people looking back with rose-tinted glasses at what the, the um how, how hard they used to work. And then one person wrote a reply. Sorry, my dogs have just, I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, sorry. And then this one person stuck the head above the parapet and said, I'll tell you exactly why you can't get good stuff. And then basically just reeled off everything. 
and I was just like, go, 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 like giving it. And but she wasn't like, it wasn't personally, it wasn't a yeah. personal attack on the person that in the post, but it was a, a, just like a just general the... observation. Yeah, situation. Yeah. And, and was saying like, someone, pay, you know, the pay is shit. Why would anyone want to be a groom when they can work in Aldi and get more money? The hours, because this person has said my 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 staff work from half seven to half five, whatever, something like this. And no, 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 no. And she said, yeah, you know, you're saying your staff work half seven to half five. Do they really? Do they really work those hours? What happens when you go to a show and you've got a four a.m. start? Who's doing your horses before you get in that lorry? And like yeah. literally took down every part of this argument. Um, help sick pay that was another one do they get sick pay do you pay sick pay uh a co- oh that was it. accommodation a comment is it accommodation or is it a leaky caravan yeah. a leaky cold caravan and basically took down this and it was a really brave response um i thought to to this person everything about it was completely factual and and i messaged you about it didn't i said yeah. this, i think this is really because there isn't there aren't a lot of people going into working with horses anymore. No. And I can a hundred percent see why. And I messaged a few people I know about this when, when we had the idea of discussing it Um, why people don't want to work with horses anymore. And the old school sort of people were typical young people don't want to work hard anymore. That was their, that was their take on it. Their take was young people don't want to work hard anymore. They all go to these colleges and they get these qualifications and they think they're too good to muck out. No, 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 no. And then there was this one person that I, and I read the response for that was actually, well, actually, no. What has happened in the past has, it's been slave labour. Yeah. There's been no two ways about it. It was slave labour. And now people are, just because people are wising up and they're realising their worth, and realising that isn't the way to live. I think in this post as well, what, what did make me laugh was this person, the, the the professional that was lamenting it, said about how nice their horses were. And you get to deal with really nice horses. And this person that responded was like, really nice horses don't get a mortgage. <laughs> it really yeah. is quite simple. You can't have a nice car and a mortgage. You can't because go to your a employer's bank. got a nice horse. <laughs> I'd really like a mortgage. Well, why? Well, my employees have got nice horses. I mean, it just, you know, and it was just a really, really interesting thing that there was like this. It, it's there was like this two side of it, which was what I'm I'm saying of the old school, which was said young people don't want to work hard, and then there was this very sensible, I felt person that was just like, no, it's wrong. It's wrong what you're expecting these people to do. So I messaged a few people that I know that have worked with horses in the past. Um. And I got some absolutely horrifying stories back. Yeah. Um, from why they have moved away from work. They no longer, none of them no longer work with horses. Yeah. So they all worked with horses, but younger. They all do something completely different now. Some of them, one of them doesn't even have a horse anymore, won't even have anything to do with horses. It, working with horses destroyed her love of horses so much, she won't even have a horse anymore. Um, and there, so I got these horrific stories and I thought they would be quite interesting to talk about because I yeah. think and the our listeners would be really I bet they've got some stories yeah I mean you know, I, and... I when you messaged me I said like for me I guess 
I'm really probably like a lot of people actually in the position where I can see both sides because I've been on both sides. Um, like I've had some fucking shit jobs, real fucking shit jobs. Um, but equally, I've had some fucking shit people work for us, like really shit. Um, and yeah, like you sometimes think- about that. You say, people work for me because what happens is, in my opinion, as you get these very enthusiastic people that want to um, that want to work with horses, so they come in, they're enthusiastic and they're hardworking, and they take a job. And I would say nine out of ten times that hardworking enthusiasm gets abused. Yeah, and it gets abused and it gets abused until they they leave. So you lose the hardworking, enthusiastic ones. And the only ones that you end up left are the ones that know how to play the system. The ones that are shit that can get away with doing the bare minimum. And that's what you end up. What annoys Ben is that I try, obviously you're only hearing this from my side, but like I Mm. try really hard. I think having been treated really badly, I really never want people to feel treated really badly. And so I tend to just suck it up, suck it up, just do it myself, do it myself. And then, like, Ben's like, how? How do we keep getting this? Like, and he keeps saying to me, you are just too, like, you're too soft. You let things go. Like, this is ridiculous. You've got to say something. But it's really tricky because I've been a groom and it's been awful. But, like, I, like, say, for instance, um, I had someone work for us who was a lovely girl and really enthusiastic and she wasn't the most experienced by a fucking country mile but I was like listen I can train you like I will you know help you learn and she was really lovely and I used to make a lunch every day and like and then she decided she wanted her own horse and I went and viewed horses with her she brought the horse here and then things started to change. And I think basically this horse she had made her nervous, but she didn't want to say that she was nervous of it. And so she just became like really like stroppy with the horse. And I hate mm. that. Everything was the horse's mm. fault. And she would like lose her temper, smack it in the teeth. And and that really fucking annoys me. Um, and so like I was trying to help her with it. And then she ended up, on I went out for the day I went yeah I think it was at the hairdressers and I got a phone call to say she'd fallen off the horse and so my horses weren't going to be getting done so that was whatever fine then she hurt her toe falling off it so she took six weeks off but I had to look after her (laughs) What's for six weeks? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And then she never came back to work and the horse just, the lone horse just got taken back. And I was like, fucking blow me. I had like Henry, I think was a, a you know, like a toddler at the time. And I was like, so I got help because I was struggling and I've now acquired another horse to fucking look what? after. <laughs> Amazing. Like, that is just my luck. You you fucking couldn't write it. And then I think, like, Jesus, I worked as a groom for £50 a week. I worked um, 12 days on, 
two then I got two days off. Um I worked 7:30 till 5:30. My horse was there with me and I lived in the house with the family and I got 50 pounds a week. It's terrible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And That's I was that. like grateful you know what I mean, for it. I think what pissed me off actually more than anything was I was supposed to get training and I didn't. And like, I actually would have sucked a lot more up if I had been learning, but I literally was just like... One of the the responded who will remain completely anonymous for this reason, and I will tell them, and I have promised them that there'll be no identifying. They won't even know what region this was in. Was at a college. They were training, they were at a college, and before they'd gone there, so they were doing a degree about the industry. Um, but prior to that, they'd got their BHS stages. I can't remember now off the top of my head what stage it was, but it wasn't like one or two. I'm, I, I, I'd like to say there were three. There might be two, actually. But so they knew they knew their stuff. Okay. They weren't a complete, never been around a horse before. I think yeah. they had their own horses at the time. And as part of their degree, they had to do some work experience and and they were supposed to get training as part of this work experience. And they were supposed to do two weeks work experience with a professional rider. It was an event rider. And they turned up, they were in the leaky cold caravan with mould on the walls. It was absolutely horrific. And it was middle of winter, so it was very cold. Um, the you know they couldn't take a proper shower. It was pretty pretty grim living conditions. They were expected to work from half past seven till half past five, but they never finished at half past five. It always mm. ran over. They didn't get a proper lunch break. They didn't get any breaks in the day. They were expected to just grab something on the go and eat. Although the rider would go into the house and have their proper lunch break they weren't they it was never allowed that would do uh this person i'm trying to do it so i can't even yeah they can't there's nothing recognized but this person then said that they basically mucked out put horses on the walker from half past seven um were expected to tack up horses that and she said she i've got it was a she it was a she uh she said that tacking up the horses was the closest she got to a horse basically the rest of the time other than picking out feet um and then when they'd done that they were then poo picking all up pretty much all afternoon then it was evening stables they were basically being a skivvy Mm. two weeks and because it was work experience they got paid nothing they didn't even get like the 50 pound they didn't even get their travel back they got nothing for this two weeks work experience with event rider and when when it became apparent um towards the end of the first week what was going on that the fact that they were basically um just mucking out and poo picking she contacted the college and the college said yeah we have had problems with this before but just imagine how good it's going to look on your CV that you've worked on that. And then I think it got to like the middle of the second week. And I think it was her and another girl from this uni um, on this work experience. And they'd really just had enough. This event rider was treating them really quite poorly. So um, they nicked a bridle. 
obviously it was all very expensive tack yeah. and whatever. Yeah, they they stole a bridal because they were just like, you you know that we're from a uni, you know we're here for training, you've treated us like a skivvy for two weeks. Yeah, so they stole a bridal from this event ride. So that's the two sides, which is quite bad, isn't it? That someone's just willing to help themselves to something. But also, it's, so, it's just so tricky. Like, I obviously know like a few people who have like people who work for them. And I think, say, for instance, like some of the people I know they pay fairly. They, like, mm. don't get me wrong. They don't pay, you know, that you're not getting doctor's wages or anything. But no. you are getting like... Um, opportunities to learn, genuine opportunities to learn, and you are getting like you know decent wage, and it's like I do think there is a laziness, like a sort of. I'll oh come use... on though! I, I, to defend the person I've just spoken about now, I think. Oh no! No, I'm not some... saying that. Yeah, no, no, really? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, on the flip side of, like, you know, where people say, like, people are lazy. Like, you know, say, like, if you use a grooming kit, don't just, like, leave it on the floor. Leave boots just out in the rain. Um, and it it it, ducks, it it wouldn't occur to me. Like, if I was on your yard and I saw a set of bandages, I'd probably pick them up and roll them. Uh, yeah. Because... I just kind of think it's just that, like, I couldn't stand, prob- I would struggle to stand and watch someone muck out and not pick up a fork. It's Yeah. Because I just think, like, and the same as, like, if I'm walking up a yard, I'm not going to walk up a yard without carrying a hay net and a bucket. And, like, and I think that's, it's finding a balance, isn't it, of not being abused but also, I think, like, if you want to work with horses, it's hard. It is hard oh, graft. Yeah. I think that people need to, the Nisa, the rose-tinted glasses need to come off pretty quickly if you want yeah. to work with horses. And understand, you know, it's not going to be like international velvet. You know, you're not yeah. all who are not going to be given a horse and told to compete. You're there. You are there. Let's be quite honest. 80% of anything to do with horses is shoveling shit. Yeah. Shit. Picking up shit. It it is a shit job. And it's a shit job which isn't paid very well. And I think that people need to and I and that shit job that isn't paid very well is the same for somebody who's come straight from school and is doing it completely unskilled, or whether you've done a degree and you go into it. It's the same shitty job. It's it's yeah. not a job I want so I don't do it but I and I but I do have sympathy for some people that I, I can imagine there's a degree of resentment I mean for someone perhaps that's done their BHS exams or done a course or done an MBQ or done a degree even and then they're being treated like um basically a skivvy yeah and I can see the degree of resentment that would have because, you know, that would be really shit when you've when you've put your uh, education and qualifications and you've put your life forward to do this job and then someone treats it quite disrespectfully 
I think that that that's a bad thing. But on the same note, I do understand, you know, how frustrating it must be to have staff that don't want to seem to want to do it your way because yeah. at the end of the day you're age so it's so hard like this is a this is a topic where I honestly I don't know what the answer what what I really couldn't because like I mean there's going to be there's absolutely exceptions there is there's some really horrible employers and stuff but then like a lot of like the riders to so say um Doug and Maria dropped Henry off a show we went to and they were like god I saw this rider and he handed the horse to the groom and like he didn't even really speak and I was like yeah I get that but equally say for instance I know Carla at a show is riding eight horses like most of which are difficult she's riding them because someone else doesn't want to yeah or she's riding them and jumping a massive class and like I said to them, yeah, that was rude and there's no there's no excuse for it. But equally, those riders, it's not their, a lot of the time it's not their horses. They're working for someone as well. They're just hiring the food chain. But they're fucking grafting their asses off as well. And it's like, oh, they're probably no one, working. No with- that the, the, the rider or owner of the yards isn't also putting their weight That's- in a different way. That I don't think that can be disputed at all because, especially you know, that so I think it's of- tricky, isn't it? Because you're like, I think it's hard. I'm not saying it's right. I'm absolutely not. But it's like, I remember I had someone working for me not that long ago at all, um, and I had broken my hand on bougie, um, standard, and uh, it was the day after, so it was still really fucking sore and weak. And Mint was being a bit of a dick to go out and he got away from her. And um, she just came to me and she said, like, he's got away from me. And I said, well, did you put the rope halter on him? And she said, no. And I said, he needs the rope halter to be led. Um, So she, she said, all right, okay. So we went in the field and I said, I'll help you catch him. And I got a hold of him and I went to hand him to her and she said, Oh, I'm a bit frightened. And I said, right, okay, so do you want me to do it? And she said, oh, but you've just broken your hand. And I said, yeah, are you going to do it? And she said, oh, I'm a bit frightened. And I said, okay, so I'll have to do it then. There isn't a choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's things like that where I'm like, I would just get on with it. So I kind of struggle to respect when someone else doesn't, but then equally it's my horse, so I have to, and they don't. Yeah, so I respect right. that as well. Yeah. So what are the other stories? So we've got, I've got, I've just got, I've got two. Um, I've got one. They're all girls. So if I just say they're all girls, I thought like one girl who was booked to go on a family holiday, and uh, it was all set to go, and then her employer decided three days before realized they hadn't got cover and said you can't go on your holiday and basically when she said but I've got to it's all paid for said if you go on this holiday you've not got no job you lose your job basically 
and she she cancelled a holiday. She didn't go on holiday wow. with her family uh, because she was so worried about losing her job and stuff that she yeah didn't go on a holiday. And the, the employer and the she actually continued working. So this is the, the second story. This this sounds. Well, you think it does make me laugh because obviously she missed a family holiday. Okay, continued working for this employer, and then the straw that broke the camel's back for her with this employer with this rider. They went to a show, and it had been a really early start. Uh, she'd been on the yard since like half three in the morning, getting horses ready, and so they could load up and go as soon as the boss came onto the yard. So the boss walks onto the yard, they load up the horses and they go. And they have been on the go. Since, yeah, so she's been on the go since like half three in the morning. And the boss is then warming up a horse. She's, there's someone doing jumps, so she's not needed at that point. She thinks, I need to grab something. I think it's about 11 o'clock. So bear in mind, she's not really eating or drunk anything. It gets about 11 o'clock. And she says, to herself I'm going to go and grab something to eat and drink so she quickly runs into the cafeteria grabs something to eat comes out with a can of coke and the boss sees her and starts shouting at her in front of everybody at this show because she wasn't there when they needed her and what's the part of you Carolina? and like in front of everybody and she said she just felt so humiliated. She was just stood there holding this can of Coke. And the crux of it was the boss had needed their stirrups altering and the horse wouldn't stand still. And I'd obviously looked around for their groom. Groom wasn't to be seen. And the next second had been got themselves all stressed and worked out because they couldn't do the stirrups. And then the next second, the groom saunters, saunters across, if you will, with a can of Coke. And so... Yeah, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back for this girl. She was like, I can't do this. Just because I wasn't there to hold a horse for you to do your syrups, you've bellowed at me, even though I've been on the go since half past three this morning, just because I've got a can of Coke. And that, despite the fact that she'd missed a family holiday, it was that that was the decide. And she was a girl that's never worked with horses, no longer has anything to do with horses. See, that that for me is just inexcusable. I think for me, like, in an ideal world, I think you should be paid fairly. I don't think you should be paid well because I just don't think there's enough money in horses particularly. No. But I think you should be paid fairly. And I think there should be a real, like, a respect, as in, like, you are looking after the most important things to me. So I want you to be happy and feel valued but equally, I, think I, I want you to work hard. Not being paid well. But I do believe there should be overtime payments. Oh, like, absolutely. I think you should be on I an hourly wage. Is. So I think that even if, you know, they say, oh, my my staff work from half seven to half five, whatever. So fine, that's that's the wage they get. But then yeah. if you expect them to do anything more than that, so an early, sh- uh, an early show or whatever, you're going to pay your staff overtime. Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I think that that should be, you know, and I don't, I don't know of anyone that I know of that works with horses that gets well, unless they're freelance and they 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 do like yeah. an overtime pay uh, age that gets any form of overtime. 
Yeah, it's kind I of just think it, it should be just for me. It, it's a it's like an hourly thing. That's it is what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I I I just I suppose I don't get like the entitlement. I think that's the thing of like a lot of people. You know, like I've heard stories. Someone I know, um worked for an event rider and their their room in the shared house not with the rider with the other grooms was messy and so they emptied a load of takeaway food into their bed okay so we talked before i said before about um a groom getting their own back by stealing um a bridal there is another story and um, I'm sorry, but it does make me laugh a little bit. So there was a groom working for an event rider and... Why are they all fucking event riders? They're all event riders. I don't know why. Anyway, was working for an event rider and um, it it well, it it didn't work out. Well, I don't know the internet's bit. I know that it didn't work out and the groom felt very hard done by um for what had happened and um there was two of them and they decided to leave didn't inform the event rider they were going to leave and then the night before they left they went into the house and they got the event rider's toothbrush and they cleaned around the toilet bowl with this event rider's toothbrush on they filmed it okay so they filmed them cleaning this toilet with the toilet brush and then put it back and then they obviously the event rider didn't know and so obviously started using it was just carried on using this toothbrush that had been around the toilet oh god i can want to get that not knowing that that has happened but the best of it was they say revenge is a dish where served cold they waited like a week or two so that the event manager had plenty of time to use the toothbrush and then sent the video of them using the toothbrush and they sent it to some other event right oh my god like so eventually obviously it got back to oh that I mean, fair play, like, they are, they're wasted as a groom. I mean, there's a career in that sort of level of revenge. Can you imagine, I bet you, though, can you imagine, though, the fucking, how much they laughed when they... It's that feeling, isn't it, of, like... They must have felt very wronged. Of levelling the playing field on someone. Like, that, that's... It's the calculateness of sending the video so yeah. that the videos get out there. I just hats off to them in that I couldn't do it myself, but hats off. But then, like, what can the event rider do? Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's taking back the power. I did a really shit one, like, as in not bad, like, as in pathetic, really. I worked um, for someone and it was just, it was a really unpleasant environment. They screeched like a parrot permanently. Nothing was ever like good enough. They argued continually with each other. Like everything was just bitchy, like 
disaster and I, I couldn't bear anyone. I was like, I'm going to leave. But I thought I can't like live there and work for them after mm-hmm. handing my notes in because I can barely cope with them at the best of the times. And I wasn't that old. So I decided to basically do a moonlit flit. I still feel guilty about it now. And what's worse is I now see them at shows. I, I don't know if they recognize me, but like it's, I, oh, the, I actually one time at a big show that they were on a young horse. They're 100% recognize. They are 100% know who you are. I'm telling you now. Like, I feel horrific. But um, yeah, they were on a young horse at a big show and their horse was napping really badly. And I was like, you can't you can't leave someone, can you, in that situation? So I was on like Manny Pan, who was fine. And so I was like, do you want to follow? Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, please, that would be great. And they did. And I was just like, oh, this is just terrific. But um, yeah, so, but I, even though I couldn't bear it, and even though like I was totally doing the dirty on them, I waited till they were going to a show that day. And I still, before I left, I mucked the whole yard out, like did everything. So it was like, all set for them to come home yeah that was nice of you many wouldn't have that's not the same as cleaning someone's toilet with their toilet brush uh, with no, their toothbrush. I, I still feel and like sometimes I'm like should I go up to them and say look that wasn't the right thing to do <laughs> because no, I wouldn't like I, it own it. Does that to me. own it own it but um that's yeah scary. it's it's a it's a I think to sum it up, like from my point of view, it's a fucking tough job and it's shit a lot of the time. And I think if you work for the right person and you are willing to learn and maybe sometimes stay behind to watch them warm a horse up or, you know, you Um, can learn, oh my God, so, so much. Like I when Bougie was at Carla's, I had a lesson on Bougie and then I watched her ride Bougie for 15 minutes and then I watched her ride one of her good horses and I was like, oh, you're doing that on him and you're doing that on him and I didn't think about that. And like, you know what I mean? I, I learned. So I think there's so much opportunity Um, but I think but there has to be like mutual... ...have to be realistic and you know opportunity and learning is only going to get so much and you they they have to be realistic if you can't keep if you can't keep staff if you look back on your staff and thing and you're like i can't keep staff i can't work out i can't get good stuff i don't know why i think you need to look in the mirror and you have to say am i paying them fairly yeah you have to pay well am i paying them fairly and am I treating them like a human being or am I treating them like some sort of skibby? Am I giving them the opportunity to have human rights, such as a meal or a meal break? <laughs> you know, it it really is that. Would I live in the accommodation that I'm expecting them to live in? Yeah. Uh, no, it, there, there's so many questions that employee, employers can ask themselves and it only makes you only have to make small changes to make it, you know, like you say, we're not talking, you're not talking bankers bonuses. No, you're just talking about paying them for the correctly for the work they do, giving them the opportunities. You know, it's nice. You're saying, Oh, it's nice for them to be able to learn. They can't, people can't stand and watch somebody ride if they've got eight stables to still muck out. Yeah. So 
you know, it's all very well saying, well, the opportunity is there. Is the opportunity really there for people to learn? So, you know, I think I think it comes both ways. I think that... Um, I think a lot of it, like we've talked about, is the way that you deal with people as well, isn't it? That's kind of what a lot of the stories that you've told. And I remember... Um, um, so I saw Scott Brash at a show uh, a good while ago and it was before he was massive. He was like just on the cusp um, yeah. before he started to get like all the hello horses and stuff. I watched him with his groom and he was so respectful and he pulled all the heavy stuff. Mm. And like to the point where me and Ben were both like, wow, that was... He was he was very like nice more you know what I mean he did mm. mucked him with everything yeah and we actually ended up knowing someone this is much later down the line who had worked for him and who was still like really good friends with him yeah I think that's pretty telling as well isn't it like yeah if, um, people move on people move on for jobs etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think but it's very telling that if they're still in contact or they'll still chat to who they used to work with then um I think that's very telling isn't it yeah definitely if people will you know keep in contact go back and work for them occasionally I think that that you know that goes but if you if you've got people cleaning your toilets with your toy toothbrush or stealing from you when they leave I think that I think that there's a definite message there definite message I feel though like then and that was that was totally going to be the end of it. But then I think, oh, but what's my message? Because I seemed to just like the girl who left me with the horse. Look after there was another girl who, after having so many disasters, Ben was like, oh my god, I've got this customer. She is incredible. She is like super groom. She's quite far from us, but like she will cover us for this holiday that we're going on. And I was like, oh my god, amazing! You know, a dream groom, mm-hmm. so well qualified. What have you? So I was like, super. So I told her like the times that the horses were used to going in and out at. And I said, you know, Pan is really finickety. Like if you can't kind of be there for those times, if he's going to be out a long day, basically, he's better off in his box. Anyway. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Turns out she went off the rails when we went away. (laughs) Sorry. She'd taken on an extra job that took more time. So Pan had been out for basically like 14 hours a day or something. And we got back and I literally walked in a stable and I said, what's happened to his leg? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, what's, what's happened to Pan's back leg? And she was like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're saying. And I was like, that like fucking massive lump. She was like, oh, that's not been there. That's never been there before. That's, it must've oh, just no. happened. Rang there. It's done its extensor tendon which basically put him out of work for six months and has cost us a fortune since because he's needed, like, extra work to break it up and all that. Like, what the fuck does that say about just that we've got fucking shit luck, basically, I think? (laughs) Definitely, definitely. You're just unlucky. I'm so nice to everybody now. I always bear this story in mind. Yeah, it's a good lesson in life, isn't it? I'm always super nice to them because I'm thinking... You've got the toothbrush power there, baby. And I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm going to be so You've got nice. The toothbrush power. I think on that on that uh, note, we should move on to anchor of the week. I think we should. I think we should. I think we've done it. Be interested to see what other people think. Please do, as always. Yeah, we, we want to hear all about it. Story. 
Yes. We can give, do them confidential. Yeah. We want we to change care. details, but we really want to hear all the gruesome, gory Please. stories. If you've got your own back on a shitty employer. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's going to top the toothbrush with doom, mind. Oh, genius. Genius. Chef's not the poor person who ended up brushing their teeth with their own toilet, but anyway, thank you the week. But it wouldn't have just been their own toilet, though, because it's a toilet that the grooms have got access to. So it's everyone's toilet, isn't it? And, and stable toilets are always shitty. Oh. Oh. Do you know what would be worse? A portaloo at an event. Please don't. That don't. would be, that's the next step. I shouldn't be giving people ideas. When, <laughs> it's like that moment, in it? You know, like, it, you're a little bit scared going into one of them portaloos at an event. Uh, oh. I'd, I would I'm rather right. wet my knickers. I'd rather wet my knickers. Com- competition bowels wool and it's like it's like waiting to go on a roller coaster yeah you know you gotta do it i know oh, you're really scared oh i, I really those port loose they're they're oh, oh. lord but anyway they didn't have access to a port loop anyway um, with some wang. yeah so mine is just a bit of a random one I can't decide if it's me or my sons. Me, because I had allowed my phone to die and so I didn't get to record the sheer lunacy of catching my horses this evening. Um, And also probably for not being a very good mother and having such crazy sons. All my sons for both being daft as brushes. Um, wow. So I caught, I caught the big horses and Molly was like being rather elusive and me being lazy. I was like, do you know what? I bring Molly in every fucking night and it's Henry's pony and he should go and bring the fucker in. So I said, Henry, Hen, you go and get Molly because she's down in the backfield and she hasn't followed the other horses up like she used to Thought no more of it. I'm making their tea. Didn't fucking realise that Henry had set off on a mountain bike across. <laughs> the fucking, we're on clay. So it's like obviously dried, like all rutted. I mean, who would? Anyway, He'd obviously, Molly, despite the fact that she's like antique, she's so old, was like, not for me, thank you. And had fucking seen this mountain bike and high-tailed it. So Henry had abandoned the mountain bike. But Henry likes, when he's doing anything, he likes to wear all the gear. So because he was outside doing farm-related things, he was in waterproof over trousers and a coat. It's hot. So he was running after Molly because he's not horsey. So, you know... He's so Molly's like, oh, <laughs> because he was in full camo as well. Molly's like, oh God, we're being invaded. She's like galloping around the field. Henry's galloping after it, like dripping sweat. At which point I came out with Seb and I said, come on, we'll go and help Henry. So walking up the field and I thought, I might as well fill the trough while I'm on. So I turned the tap on at the trough and Molly walked over to me thinking, like, fucking get me away from this absolute maniac. So I got hold of Molly, but I hadn't got a head collar on her yet. And Henry fucking gets back on the bike and starts pedaling towards her, at which point she fucks off. I turned around to Henry to say, Henry, like, come on. She doesn't like the bike. And saw Seb, who had got his head, no word of a lie, just under the running tap. Oh, no. Yeah. What? So my first thing was like, I'm going to record this because this is genius. And I looked at my phone, it was yeah. dead, and I was like, fuck. Oh, shit. But that's so one that's of the things, you 
yeah, like like a video, and it's like just every time you watch it, something you see spot something different. <laughs> that would be yeah, it would galloping pony, <laughs> a tied in high vis on a mountain bike, randomly coming across the field, and then another one trying to drown it, waterboard itself. I know. So, like, like there's a very there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, my bank of the week, my bank of the week is um, happened yesterday. It's a fresh one, fresh off the press. Yours is quite recent as well. Yeah. I, think. I was at work and we wear scrubs at work now, and uh, we wear scrubs and they are blissful and com- comfortable, and they've got like elasticated waist and they're brilliant. And I had a patient for a hip X-ray, and I took her into this room, and I was on my own in this room with her. And she was in a wheelchair and I had to get her from the wheelchair to the table. And she was quite considerably shorter than me. And I help her up. And as she gets up, she panics. A lot of old people do when they get a bit stressed. And she grabs hold of me at my side. She grabs hold of my trousers. And as I sit down, she's kept hold of my trousers. And she pulled my trousers down. <laughs> now, I'm in this room that I'm, I'm completely on my own, right? I put this room completely safe on my own. <laughs> At that point, one of my colleagues walks in and never walk in. And I'm stood. It was like, it's one of those I can explain moments. Thousands <laughs> of knees. I was like, she just pulled my trousers down and they just collapsed laughing. Little, but oh, oh, she's panicking. She's down. But colleagues, no good. They're just laughing. I'm stood there with my kegs around my knees. Oh, I hope you had good knickers on. That's the sort of day where you usually I'd have like song. Some of my colleagues in my ass. Oh. Some of my ass cheek. Most of Wembley have as well, so it's not a problem. I mean, well, it's that... and you've yeah, been well, to I'm... the gym. It's a nice ass. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 looking. It's not as saggy as it used to be. I've got a little bit of thunder now, see. So it's it's quite a good bum. So she probably thought I was just showing off. She's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. She pulled it down. <laughs> Patient pulled my trousers. Oh, yeah, of course she did. Just wants me to see her ass. <laughs> Didn't get enough attention wearing the, the tinsel jacket in Wembley, so she started pulling moonies. Uh, yeah, so that was my wank of the week. That's a good one. Bless the little old lady. Got more than she oh, bargained for. So, so horrified. Bless her cotton sock. But she did that thing, you know, when you panic, and so she just held on even tighter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think about slapping it? Because that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. I was just like, it was, I was just shocked. If I'd had like really shit knickers on and like hadn't shaved, I'd be like, release my trousers. Well, luckily I was going pole, I was going to pole. So I was off. I right, was okay. Span dangled up. Yeah. I, was all, I was good to go. I was good to have my trousers pulled down. It was it was a good day to have my trousers pulled down. <laughs> if not, I think like a sharp flick to the nose would yeah, probably bring that, someone. That, that would bring a boof at that. <laughs> yeah. That'd make a let go, wouldn't it? <laughs> Anybody, I did not headbutt any of my patients and I never will. You've got to be careful. I'll be up before the HCPC if you have their way. <laughs> Talking about violence to patients. I then I just wait until she naturally let go and then I pulled my trousers up. <laughs> I love the fact that my colleagues And then slapped. I just went very I'm casually it. to her bedside cabinet, found her toothbrush. <laughs> I will find. Um I just love that my favourite bit is the fact that my colleague didn't even help. 
<laughs> just stood there, stood there behind the control panel laughing. <laughs> she, I've got people screaming pretty much because they've got my trousers down. I'm stood there with my arse out and my, and my colleagues laughing. It's, oh. It was um, it was a catalogue of errors, which always this shit always happens to me, doesn't it? Always. Yeah. But if it didn't, we wouldn't have a podcast. Exactly. I, I All mean, right, so... Houses pulled down, then um, breathing in a flame when I'm fire eating. So you know, I'll we'll go with that. I mean, I'll I'm, take that. I'm holding out hope that you know we're going to get <laughs> a fire eating one. <laughs> we're not going to get a fire eating wank of the week ever. So we actually we haven't had any wank of the week sent in this week, <gasps> but we did have a oh. message that I wanted to um use and forgot about a little while ago. Um, I don't think I've used it anyway. Tell me if I have. She, um, this, whoa, this came from Naomi Cloutman, and she said, I thought this might amuse you guys. We now have a yard group called the Winters Hill Wankers. Whoever does something shit or does the worst in a competition gets to hold my wanker of the week rosette for that week. People are now excited about doing shit, and people are now more excited about doing shit than they are about doing well, because who doesn't love a sparkly rosette? <laughs> hang on I missed you say that again I said I love that I know I love it that is the best use of a wank of the week rosette ever isn't it communal yard rosette very good for the planet amazing celebrating those losses celebrating what what I really loved the most about that message is like, doesn't that yard sound like a mint place to be? Doesn't it? It does sound really, really good. I bet they have a banging summer barbecue, don't they? Yeah, because oh. like so many yards are so horrible and bitchy. Yeah. And I think if yeah. you find one of those rare yards where like, actually the people that I was away with, like some of them, they were all moving to a yard together. And I thought, you're going to have a mint time. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Good group chat like this one yeah like a good a good yard is amazing and there's not many of them and that sounds like a good yard that sounds like a brilliant yard i want to move there <laughs> i might do i just have i just have all of the rosette every week wouldn't i no one else get a look yeah, that's true yeah <laughs> they wouldn't let us on the yard because they'd be like no we'll lose no. any rights to that rosette <laughs> yeah we we don't we want to we want a chance to have the rosette you'll have it all the time yeah. Hey, you on there? Oh, that's lovely. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to leave you. Um, but we would absolutely love to hear from you. We definitely need more Wanker of the Week stories, and we would really love to hear what you all thought about um our topic of the week. Um, <laughs> did you <laughs> You had a total mind. What was the word the other week that I kept forgetting? Um, edit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, words are tricky for us, okay? I know we do a podcast, but words are fucking tricky. <laughs> Some words just, they just don't stay in your head, do they? <laughs> they don't. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we, want some, we want some really good stories. Like, really. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like a true wank of the week. Just, you know, stories about 
horrific things grooms have done, seen, had done to them. We want to hear yeah. about it. Good or even good things. Really nice. Yeah, things. amazing grooms. Yeah, amazing groom stories. How long you've worked for you you employ for and how wonderful it is. Hit us up. Maybe we've got it all wrong. And also just if you see something funny or something that you think that we will like, tell us about it. Because we're guaranteed to like it. Yeah. I did actually see a lady at the show. She was talking to someone, like so looking sideways to talk to them and walked square into a horse's arse. Beautiful. More of that. That we need more of that. Definitely. <laughs> we would have wanted to wait. Shame she did shame she right in. She would I should have, have shouted to her. <laughs> do you listen? <laughs> do you listen to wang you you want it i wonder if i should start doing that shows you'd win that was really fucking shit (laughs) send it in (laughs) i'm gonna come back to every show with a black eye (laughs) people just like mortally offended mortally offended when they're doing their best which is basically a wanker love that more of that please all right so on that note we will leave you um and hope to hear from you soon talk to you next bye. time bye. bye see you later yeah see you soon bye, bye.